picnic happened so I took my kids yesterday to uh, Universal Studios they did awesome man my kids are all about it I mean they can only deal with so much because they're, they're so little they can't get on everything but the things that they could get on they loved and uh, there's a little place I think it's like called the Minion Land or uh, Super Silly Fun Land or whatever the fuck it was called in the first Minions movie or not Minions Despicable Me movie um, they were all about it, so they had a good time, and that was kind of a good reset for me, like, you know, just to get away and see my kids smiling and show up, because, um, I talked a little bit before, on the last episode where I talked about my brother and the loss, I knew it wasn't going to hit me until the day of or around the time, and, uh, what was it, actually when we got back, no, we went Tuesday, Wednesday, so yesterday. I'm, I'm fucking all lost on time. Like I said, it doesn't matter to me. I've been off all week. But um, that was Tuesday. Tuesday, we went to Universal. Wednesday was the next day off. Um, my wife went to work. I watched my son. My daughter went to school or preschool, whatever. And um, we ended up going to go set up. Me, my wife, my kids, my mom, my dad. Uh, my brother's dad, mom, sorry, and um, two of my cousins are really close to my, my brother. We went and set up. It was all done pretty much by the time we got there. We just pretty much put up like uh, little decorations and stuff and just hung out, started bullshitting. And then we realized the little final touches we needed, so we got that done. And then today, uh, my wife realized, she was like, hey, like, five and a half our daughter go to school, let's just fucking stay home. Uh, we went out and ate breakfast at a really good diner around here um, in Purdue slash Northern Colton. It's called Alice's. Fucking awesome. If you know about it or this is your first time hearing it and you're within the area, go there. It's fucking ridiculous. I love that place. Uh, down to earth, super people, they're fucking awesome. Um, food's great though. Like, I'm really picky when it comes to pancakes, and I love their pancakes. But I'm a French toast guy, so I fuck with that more. But, I mean, my kids eat pancakes, and I, I fucked up the rest of their plate, and it was killer. Did that, came home. Uh, we didn't need to be anywhere until, like, about 11.30, and the, the celebration of life was at 12. Um, I spoke, which, as much as you guys may think that I'm comfortable with it now, I'm not still. Like, it's way easier to do this because I'm around my friends. 
when I do the podcast. If not on these podcasts, I'm just by myself, so it's not that hard. Um, but I was able to do it, and I went up and I talked to my brother and what he meant to me. And uh, things that stood out to me, I mean, I wish I would have said more. In my head, I just felt that it was like not the place, you know? But I pretty much went through uh, all of our texts to kind of get the way we used to talk to each other. Because me and my brother would talk at least twice a week on the phone, if not through text. Text wise, like, we talked for hours. But um, on the phone, we would talk at least 40 minutes each call. Even the quick ones were always 40 minutes. He had a lot to talk about, and I would always, I always give an ear to him. And it was funny because um, he threw it at me one time out of the blue. He was like, hey, do you remind me of our uncle? And I was like, what do you mean? He's all, no matter what you're doing or where you're at or who you're with, you'll pick up the phone. And I was like, well, yeah, dude, you're my brother. What the fuck? I'm not, like, even if I can't talk to you, I'm going to pick up the phone and be like, hey, man, give me a call back in this time or whatever, you know? And he was like, yeah, but don't change and I was like what do you mean he's like don't lose that man I'm breaking down right now thinking about this he's all it never matter who you're with just like our uncle like cause our uncle was a mayor and so that's that's where it meant something to me him saying this he's like dude he used to be fucking talking to the police chief or fire chief or fucking city council member or whatever fuck he would just pick up the phone and go yeah what's up and I'd be like oh well you know this is oh yeah okay He's like, we would talk for a bit, and then I would notice there's other people around you. I'd be like, oh, are you busy? He goes, oh, no, I'm not that busy. I'm just here with this. And my brother would be like, oh, no, I'll let you go. He's like, no, no, no. And my uncle would be like, no, 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 it's fine. Like, what's up? And my brother told me that reminded me of him. And um, I kind of said that in, in my speech or my eulogy. But I think only my cousins realized what I was saying. And maybe my dad and my brother. But the other people there kind of were just like, oh, okay. Like, he picked up the phone like his uncle. But no, like, my uncle was always dealing with a lot. And he would still pick up the phone no matter what. And it was a big deal to my brother. He was just like, yeah, it's fucking awesome, man. Like, family comes first. You really proved it, not just said it. And in my head, it was always like, well, yeah, family always comes first, dude. Like, no matter what I'm doing, I'm going to pick up the fucking phone. Even if I can't, you know, I'm going to pick it up and say, hey, man, I'm really busy right now. Give me a call back in an hour or text me. And he was always super happy to do that. Because, like I said, we would talk all the fucking time, man. It was cool. And I'm realizing when I say this, especially there at the eulogy, while I'm saying this, that's not normal. Because there's other people who talked about it that were like, my brother Steve was never afraid to tell you what he felt, good or bad. Mostly good, though. He's the one who taught me early on, don't ever be afraid to tell somebody you love them. Especially when you do love that person. Like, I throw that out a lot. Especially with the crew. I throw that out a lot. And I'm not just saying that. Just like, oh, hey, man, I love you, whatever. I really do mean that. I love those guys. They're brothers to me. They always will be, and they always have been. Even when we didn't talk, or there was a little fallout, or whatever the fuck you want to call it. I knew that the way I cared about those guys... I always would. I mean, even when we weren't talking and stuff, I still cared about him. And uh, my brother taught me that. He always taught me that, like, yeah, dude, you never know what's going to happen. So tell people 
while you're, they're around you or while you're on the phone with them or whatever. Tell them how much you care. Let them know. And so I casually throw that out. Maybe you've heard that on a few episodes where I'm like, hey, man, I love you guys. I really do mean that. And it's, like I said, it's a big deal to me because as much as you hear me being all cynical and talking shit and everything, ragging on everybody and, like, kind of throwing in little random jokes, I'm not joking when I say I love those people. Those are my brothers. And, I mean, I just lost my actual brother, but... If I lost one of the guys, I would feel the same way. They know me, you know? And it was always really cool to be able to talk to my brother about anything and everything. He literally didn't, had no fear. He could talk to me about whatever. Talk to me about any random thing he thought about. One of the last conversations we had was he was basically, like randomly, he just threw me a text. Hey, what do you think of the Mandela effect? (laughs) And those are the type of conversations we used to have. And I hope that anybody listening to this has that with somebody. Because, I mean, even even when I was just, like, having fun, joking, bullshitting with them about dumb shit, like, the past, or some random he was talking to, we could just talk. And it was great, man. That's probably what I'm going to miss the most. Not that he's gone. My other brother, who I talked about the least on this podcast, we're, our relationship's different. It's funny because we grew up the most together. But we're like our own people. All my brothers are older than me by a lot. My The one that's still around is five years older than me. We grew up separate. Like, I mean, we hung out, we did things together, but we didn't really have the same friends. Like, it was mostly like his friend, younger brother, somebody was my friend. Or my group of friends would go to go play when his friends would go play somewhere. You know, like, they were the older kids that like, hey, if you guys are going to go out, go take your younger brothers with you or something. And that was kind of the thing. But we had our own friends. We grew up separate. Like, I mean, even when we shared rooms when we were kids, we, we just shared rooms. We weren't, like, fucking, like, little kids on movies and TV shows where they're, like, always, oh, we're in the same bed together. We hug and go to sleep and... We were never that close. And I never thought of that as bad. Like, when I talk to other people, other, like, uh, Bucks grew up with his brothers, like, super close, man. Like, he was damn near their dad, pretty much. He wasn't just their older brother. My brother wasn't like that. <laughs> and I don't mean that as a disrespect or, like, a bad thing. Like, I just didn't need that. I had my dad. My dad was always there. But, like, a lot of people I know, they, they talk about their brothers like that. Like, oh, no, he was my big brother. Like, he took care of me and did it. My brother didn't do that. Neither of them did. But they were always there. I could talk to them about anything. And, you know, it's just, I don't know, like, like I said, I, I can't. The way I talked to my older brother, Steve, is completely different than the way I talk to my brother now. Oh, my other brother. Um, we bullshit. We can have fun. We can get together. Uh, when his when his kids have birthdays, I go. Those are my nieces. I love them to death. I'll do anything for them. But I don't know. It's just like we have we grew up so apart that we're still like that. Like when it's his birthday, I don't I don't even I I guess I'll swing by or something or I'll buy him something. But 
come the day of his party, which is normally the weekend, not his actual birthday, I'm, I'm rarely there. Like, when I was single, we got really close, because I was single, you know, I was just fucking, there was a party, I'm gonna go, but, I think that's the time that we got the closest, which is kind of fucked up to say, because, like, why couldn't I have got that way with my ex, you know, like, why couldn't we have hung out, and we did, but just not the same, we had our own friends, like I said, it was, it was different. My brother taught me a lot, and, um... What I ended up saying during his eulogy was comments that he had texted me. And the one that stood out a lot to me, and I knew I had to mention it, was he texted me randomly, like, last month. I grew up an only child, and when you all came around, I had big-time love for you guys. Everything changed. The only way I can comprehend that for myself is when I had my kids. When I had my first daughter, or my daughter, everything changed. It was like, fuck, I thought I knew what love meant. Now I do. And then when I had my son, it was more of like, I totally understand that life isn't about me. It's more about what I do and what I can contribute to the world, or like my world, you know? And... That's what I got out of having my son, like, having a family in my head. Like, my daughter, I knew I wanted another one. As soon as I had my daughter, I was like, fuck, this feeling's so great, I need to have more. I, I, I joke around and everything, and I always say it, like, if I was younger when I had my first kid, I would have a bunch right now. I would have, like, five or six. <laughs> Maybe financially it wouldn't work out, but I would want that. When you have a kid, everything fucking changes. It's like the best feeling in the world. To know that, like, a little piece of you is somewhere else, and this person can grow up better than you, you know? Because that's ideally what you want out of your kids. And it was always funny to me that, like, when he said that to me, when he was like, dude, I had nothing but love for you guys. Like, I grew up an only child, when you guys came around, like, big time love, everything changed. And then... It was funny because we just got into a really deep conversation and, and later on that he basically said, thinking back, I apologize for not being around for you guys in the past. And what he meant by that was, he, when he grew up, he was dealing with a lot. Um, he had he had addiction problems. Um, he would get caught up mainly for that I don't think any reason that he ever went to jail or prison was violent I always want to say it was always just like uh, drug related or hanging out with the wrong people but it was never like he did anything wrong himself don't get me wrong um, he's told me stories about what he did while he was in prison and shit and that shit's horrible but at the same time if you think about it who else is in prison other horrible people so for him to do something horrible to somebody else that's horrible not a big deal and I mean some people don't want to hear that but sorry morally there is a difference between doing something horrible to a good person that didn't deserve anything and doing something horrible to somebody that already was pretty bad or horrible themselves I've always said that if I know somebody's history and I know they're a piece of shit I don't feel too bad when I do something horrible to them. But doing something just out of anger, or you're fucked up, or you're fucking upset, and all the things in the world, and you fucking hurt an innocent, 
that's not good. And my brother was part of the whole MCs, you know, he fucking was part of the clubs and everything. And he used to tell me all the time, dude, that's the fucking rule, bro. He's like, he's like, don't ever trip on those people. He's all, the ones that start shit are fucking assholes, bro. They're not legit. They're not part of the real crew or club. He's all, because rule number one in all motorcycle clubs is don't fuck with civilians. They have nothing to do with their whole lifestyle. Like, you fuck with other clubs. You don't fuck with anybody else. People in your own club, you check them if they're doing something dumb, but another club does something, you fucking go off. But civilians, you don't want that attention. This is the same, like, with criminal life. Like, when you watch on the news, like, the cartels, like, that's the closest in my head I can think of, you know, or gang life. When they kill other gang members, no one fucking cares. It's only when they fuck with an innocent person or somebody else, like, gets shot or, or killed or whatever. Like, an innocent. That attention is grabbed towards them. They know this. They're not dumb. As much as people like to think that all drug or fucking gang members are... Or motorcycle gang member or whatever fuck you want to call them. They're not gangs, but they're club members. But all of them are dumb and they're fucking lowlifes. They're not. I met a bunch of them today that are fucking awesome. I've I've met a bunch before that were great. They're good people everywhere. Like, look at me. I was a fucking drug addict for the longest time. Like, I mean, people may not think that because I had my shit together. You know, I still went to work. I lose a job. I didn't... I mean, I wouldn't blame my relationship loss on drugs, maybe one or two, but those are the ones I didn't care about afterward. But, I mean, my real relationships, I wouldn't blame any of them loss-wise on my addictions or the drugs I was doing or whatever the fuck I was doing. But I know I was an addict in the sense that I thought I had my shit together, and if you told me to stop today, I'd be like, nah, I'm good, I don't need to. But it wasn't just me saying that. It was more of, like, the actuality that I probably couldn't quit that day. And it was funny because I would plan whenever I quit everything. And when I quit everything, I just jumped on something else. Those times that I talk about where I gave up alcohol for three months, I was addicted to fucking barbiturates and shit. I was on downers like crazy. I was taking all kind of other shit. But in my own head, I justified it by being like, well, I stopped drinking. And when I would go in for my blood work and everything was better I justified it more and was like yeah for sure I could do this all the time when I was fucking around with mollies and I gave up alcohol and weed and it was just do fucking <laughs> ecstasy well mollies I thought of it as nothing because I was only doing it on the weekends or when I was with this girl or we were both doing it together or you know it's here like it was socially I was socially being an addict. Still fucking bad. My brother had vices as well. But he was still a great person. And if you knew him, he was a fucking great person to you. Like, he fucking cared. Like I said, my brother taught me of everything, anything that he taught me. The one lesson that stuck was don't be afraid to fucking tell people what you feel. And I've always been fucking afraid of that because my whole life I've always thought the worst or thought too much, if anything. And so I was always scared to tell people what I really thought because I was afraid that it would hurt them or that I would lose them because of that, because of my thoughts and shit. And I have a good set of friends now. The crew are brothers to me. I've said this a bunch of times. 
And that's what I mean by it. I could talk all kind of dumb shit. And they don't judge me about it, you know? We laugh it off. I tell them, though, when, when there's something there, you know? But I've never been afraid to tell them everything. And the one things that I used to be afraid to tell people was how much I care about them. It just came off as soft or, like, I don't know, like, weak. And that's fucking stupid. Now that I'm older, I, I really don't care. But in my 20s, if I would have told you I loved you, it was more like, fuck, I want to say the only people I told that I loved them was family and or my my lady at the time that I was with back then. Like, I used to tell her I loved her all the fucking time because I meant it. Yeah, I woke up the dog next door, so I guess I'll end this pretty soon. But yeah, today was uh, today was good, man. Seeing that many people. And the way I ended my eulogy was, I told them, in my culture, you know, you, we're known to die twice. The first time is physical, when you lose your body. The second time is when people stop saying your name or stop talking about you. Because that's your true death. You don't exist anymore. This can be explained real quickly. Like, think about all the people that have died, like, like poets or artists or anybody that's already dead. Like, people still know their names because their art is still relevant. Like, for me, there's Edgar Allan Poe. Like, I fucking love that guy. His work is ridiculous. As much as people like to think of just his poetry, you know, like the raven and everything, he went fucking for it in the end. He would write full-on essays about furniture. And it sounds dumb, but he literally would write about, like, what is the capitalist movement of, like, you don't own your your um, your couches or your furniture. Your furnitures own you. They take over your shit. Like, he wrote deep, deep thoughts about things in the end. It, wasn't, it had nothing to do with poetry anymore. Fuck, that dog's annoying. And, uh, like I said, uh, saying that, I looked at everybody there, and I was like, looking around, there's a lot of people here that know and love my brother, so I'm pretty sure he's going to live a lot longer. And then one of my brother's um, aliases slash nicknames was Little Man, because he was a little guy. I go, I'm on my son. My, my brother met my son and he passed on his nickname to him which was little man and my son's a little guy he's gonna be a little guy he's projected you know doctors do all the little things during the checkups he'll probably be 5'5 five, 5'6 five, five, at the tallest <laughs> and at the time I was like ah that kinda sucks <laughs> I'm 5'9 I think I'm short but knowing the effect my brother had on the world or at least his world you know the world I know it was big and it doesn't matter as long as you have people that care about you and your world is great you know the people around you give a fuck 
and show you as much love as you can give back. It's awesome. And so knowing that my brother is kooky and goofy and funny as he was, crazy, whatever, there's a bunch of adjectives I could name off. He's missed. There was a lot of love in that room. People were coming up to me afterward and telling me stories. And it was just great to hear. Not just because I'm hearing stories that I never heard before, but just hearing in their voice him still alive, you know? Like, hearing his stories or the stories that people were telling me, I pictured it. I could visually picture my brother in the stories while they're telling me. And while they're, they're saying he said this and everything, I could visually picture it. I could literally hear him. So shit like that really, really, really matters. And I love the thought of that. It, it's funny because, like I said, I don't have that many friends. I don't want friends. I don't want a lot. I, I mean, my friends are my friends. I love those guys. But I'm not big on that. I never have been. I don't care about those things. But knowing that that many people appreciated my brother and loved him it was really great to see it's not like I'm jealous or anything of that it's just I really appreciate that that many people came out and cared and to hear like I said all those stories it, it just made me realize that it wasn't just me and my family is going to carry out my brother's name and keep him alive. It'll be a lot of other people. And that was awesome. And the song you guys just heard was from Amigo the Devil. He's this guy I really, really got into lately. Uh, he writes some pretty morbid type lyrics, but there's truth based in it. Like what you guys heard in the opening was um, it doesn't matter what you heard or if you're good or bad and everything in between if you got a lot of money if you're funny or just fit the shades of me if you studied in the good book or you couldn't give a damn or you'd rather watch a movie that's fine because there's just one kind of people in this world people that die I don't mean this in a fucking horrible way it's just what he says right there is awesome it doesn't matter what what kind of person you are good or bad all the things in between and I like to think my brother is in between he was a good person and so many people that loved him and so many people that cared about him family included he loved us he was super good to all of us but he was mean and bad to some people I mean I'm pretty sure I could hear a horrible story they don't know him but they could say like you know he did something horrible to them or whatever. But it was well deserved. I know him not to just be a bad person. Even when he was bad, he wasn't horrible. So he's more of those in-betweens. And it's not like a goal of mine, but I know that I've been bad and good. Or I can be good. And I've been really bad. To the point where that's the one memory that triggers in my head. I've always been that type of person that sees the negative before I see the positive. It's real easy to see the positive. It's real quick. I can picture that all day. But 
I dwell in my own thoughts and I always think about negative and when it comes to that that's what fucks with me the most but knowing that my brother was always on the positive of things even when he was down and out even when things were bad he always looked forward to that good because he knew things would change anybody listening to this if you guys take a lesson from anything I'm saying right now or anything from my brother realize that things will change good or bad it just depends on how you look at them my brother even when things are bad he always like was like fuck this sucks but it's temporary I just gotta fucking fix this shit and shit will get better and then when shit got better he appreciated the fuck out of it and I don't think people do that enough anymore I think people expect things now And I want people to remember that you have to have bad to appreciate the good. And I don't mean that in the sense of like, oh yeah, you that fucking come up from shit. No, but negatives remind you how bad everything can be and to appreciate the good. Don't just dwell on shit. Realize that you can help change things, make things better. Yeah, I guess. That's where I'll end this now. Thanks again for listening to one of my little drunk rants. I said this is an epilogue to my brother's, uh, it's not really a funeral, but his remembrance. Alright, thanks for listening, everybody. And like the Catholic girl who turns the other cheek to keep the virgin in her name. Or marrying for money goes to show Where there's a will, there's a way It doesn't matter what you burn Or if you've ever been concerned about mistakes All the bridges in the world Won't lead you back to fix what couldn't be erased If you're haggard with Merle When Katy Perry kissed a girl Or you buy your shit at REI There's only one kind of people in this world People who die Oh, people who die, die, die People who die